Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Hey everyone, this is Chidam Capel and welcome to this week's episode of What I Wish I Knew. Now something that Dr. Alistair Graham wish he knew was around making decisions around the kind of dentist he wanted to be, the kind of treatment he wanted to perform and the kind of patients he wanted to do this for. So it seems like a little bit of an odd one, but it is actually something I 100% agree with. We're really fortunate as dentists in that when we graduate, we have so many paths that we could choose to walk down. And one of the issues is that we often try to be everything for everyone in the early part of our careers. And we often either disappoint ourselves or disappoint patients or realize that we're not not good at everything and we learn the hard way. Now, as we develop in our careers, we get to sort of make some decisions on how we can become uh, experts in more specific areas of dentistry. And it doesn't necessarily mean selecting a specialty. Sometimes it can mean making decisions around the the kind of treatments that you want to perform or selecting your ideal type of patient that you want to do this for. So this is called your patient avatar. And it sort of clarifies in your mind how to, I guess, market yourself to that specific kind of patient and how to build your practice in a way that is for them. But um, Dr. Alistair is going to share his story and how he decided what kind of dentist he wanted to be. So I actually asked him how on earth did he decide what kind of dentist he wanted to be? Do you know what? I think the thing is though, I didn't know. And I think that took me ages to work out. Um, I, I qualified in Bristol University in the southwest of England. Um, fantastic university, brilliant place. I moved to London. I practiced in London for um, seven years, um, working on the NHS. Um, I knew I wanted to be a good dentist, if you know what I mean, but I didn't really know what I wanted. I was working in general practice, um, working on the NHS, um, being ground down by you know, 25, 30 patients a day. Um, I, I didn't know. I moved to Australia in 2004. And at that point, I, I actually met a dentist who became a mentor. And at that point, I started seeing who I wanted to be and what I wanted to be. And I think that's really the biggest thing I wish I knew as a young dentist is actually find a mentor or find someone you admire speak to them, um, understand what makes them tick, understand what they do. And it's almost like um, become like them. Um, so I, I, I did. I tried to become like this mentor that I had. Um, I won't name him, but um, I just, I thought everything he did was fantastic. I liked his ethics. I liked the work he was doing. I liked the scope of the work he was doing. So once I understood that, I understood how I could apply his work, his way of doing things to me 
I mean, I, I understood with I was, you know, reasonably good communication, you know, communicating with patients. Um, so really, once I sort of saw the type of practice that I wanted to be in and the type of practice that I wanted to, to, um, to do, then I understood what it is that I was wanting to do and where I wanted to go. And I've evolved in terms of, you know, my mentors. I've always had a mentor. I've always kept a mentor. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 years old now. I still have a mentor and I still have someone I, I speak to regularly and, you know, talk over cases and just talk over, you know, I've had a bad day. I've, uh, there's other things I want to do. And I encourage dentists to find that someone and find someone who can just, you know, be that person you would love to be or be that person who, you know, there's parts of them that you would like um, to be. So I think that was a hugely important part of, uh, of my development. And, you know, you understand slowly as you evolve as a, as a dentist, what it is that you're good at, what it is you want to do and how you can apply that to you know, your own practice. Yeah, I um, completely agree with the, um, you need exposure to different types of dentistry, types of different practitioners, just to see where you find, where you get excited and go, I I love that, or I love that kind of work, or I love this style of practice. Um, Because we tend to adopt what we see um, early on in our careers. And it's, it's just sometimes sheer luck that we come across people that we really admire. I mean, I certainly didn't have very good, now that I think back to it, the early influences I had were pretty average compared to some of the amazing dentists that I, I have had the, um, the the pleasure of meeting now, yourself included. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's a really good tip because even even it, it's not just even the style of dentistry but the way they communicate, their enjoyment and passion around the profession I think that's really infectious so I think it's very easy as a young dentist as well you're very bogged down in your own your own work and you know you're trying to get that as you know honed perfectly as as good as you can I spent time actually visiting other practices and actually going and spending some time with other dentists and actually seeing other practices and actually getting a little bit of exposure and understanding how dentistry could be and how my dentistry could be, how my work-life balance could be. And that was really important. So, you know, I really encourage again, you know, just take time, go and spend time with other dentists, go and spend time looking at other practices. It's very easy to um, to sort of be, you know, stuck in your own little spot um, and doing your own little, you know, your own way good or bad. Um, and sometimes you don't know it's bad until you get out. So yeah, being able to expose yourself to as many different things as possible is, is, is fantastic. And, and how did you use these influences to guide the kind of practice you wanted to build? Well, I really, I started sort of using these, these, these people, these mentors really to sort of you know, help shape where I wanted to go and also show me the route, if you see what I mean. For example, I did the graduate diploma in in um, implant dentistry um, on the suggestion of one of my mentors. From there, you start seeing other people and you start understanding where it is you want to, you know, what field you want to practice and what you want to do. And you start understanding 
how you're going to now apply that to your own practice. And then once you actually sort of start doing that, let's say you're in your own practice, um, you don't necessarily have to be a practice owner for this to be true. You can start developing, you know, your way of doing things, your field of dentistry, the things you're interested in, and it will start happening for you. The more you practice this, the more you put out there that this is what you want to do and this is the way you want to go, the more it will happen. Um, I think we were talking earlier as well, interestingly, when you start owning your own practice, a, a big moment comes when you start working out what is it that I actually want to attract to my to my practice? What's the type of work I like? What would I like to attract to my practice? Rather than trying to be something for everyone. You know, I've, I, I loved you. I used to love doing children's dentistry. Um, I still don't mind children's dentistry, but I don't love children's dentistry. I, I'm, I'm happy doing it. Um, but, you know, I thought I wanted to do everything. I could be this guy who placed, you know, implants and did these amazing, you know, cosmetic cases and also was, you know, the king of the kids. And, that's no that's no practice that actually is realistically going to exist and you need to be on you know you need to understand that actually what is the ideal sort of client that you're wanting to attract and what is the type of uh, of work that you're wanting to do and once you understand that then you start changing the way that you market your practice you market yourself you market yourself even within your own practice and that slowly changes the way that you're you're doing your dentistry. Well, not doing your dentistry, but this slowly changes the way your career is evolving. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, Call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. I think it's a really um, smart thing to do is to take control of, you know, in marketing, they call this an avatar, the ideal patient. If you had to model them in your mind, say, who is this patient? What do they need? What motivates them? Um, and how am I going to speak directly to them? So in your practice, I guess you've had time to think about this. What is your ideal avatar? I've got about six or seven of them. Um, Are you trying to be everything to everyone? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, look, we have, and actually we, we drill down on this. This is an exercise that we do as a, um, as a clinic, and um, we really do um, work out exactly who are, you know, ideal avatars are, we, we name them, you know, let, let, let's pick one, for example, um, let's call her Michelle. Michelle is a retired, um, school teacher. She used to be the principal. Um, and she's always been self-conscious about her smile. She's very happy. She's, you know, highly educated. 
Um, her smile's okay, but you know it's not perfect. So she's adopted the persona of the scary headmistress or the strict headmistress who, you know, doesn't like to smile or you know smiles in limited you know, doses. Um, so we want to attract we want to attract more of these Michelles, and you know so. We're after, you know, let's say 60, you know, 55, 60-year-old patient. And therefore, we know that our waiting room can't be filled up with, you know, sort of loud noises. You know, the music needs to be different. You know, the smells of the practice need to be different. How we interact, we can't be all sort of all pally and chummy with our, you know, when they when they arrive in the door, we need to, you know, respect, you know, the Michelle who when she comes in and understand where she's coming from. So simple things like that, we can just, you know, you can change the way that you behave, you can change the way that your team behaves, because we all know that we're after more Michelles, um, more retired school teachers, um, you know, highly educated um, sort of, you know, school teachers. These are the kind of things that, you know, once you understand that, you know, your marketing speaks to them. Um, you're not, you know, bright colors talking about how we're all, you know, beachside, amazing, it's all cool, and here's a tooth with a little pair of legs running around. You know, that's, that doesn't speak to Michelle. Mm. I, th- I think it's um, amazing that you do this exercise with your team. Um, what sort of advantages does that give your practice? Well, it really means that we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. We all know what we're trying to do. And we're all proud of actually that as well. I mean, I think that's what's something we, we're, all very, we, we're all very conscious of, that we know that we, you know, the work that we produce is good. We, we're, we're very happy with that. But we're also proud of the patient experience. And I think that's the really thing. Um, really interesting. Um, I heard recently a patient um, experience um, is a proactive thing. You need to you work on that prior to the patient even coming in. You work on what the patient experience is going to be. You know, how the patient actually, um, you know, a patient's reaction, um, you know, that is a result of their patient experience, which you have control of. So therefore, we work on this as a team. You know, so what would Michelle like in the bathroom? Would Michelle like, you know, just a pump bottle of, you know, um, the stuff that we use to wash our hands in the clinic, or would she like some some nice stuff that we've bought from a from a from a nice place? Are we going to use paper towels? Are we going to use um, hand dryers? Are we going to use rolled up nice um, you know, sort of individual towels? What would Michelle? You know, like what would Jim, what would Mike, whoever it is, whoever our avatar, what would they like? Would, um, you know, do you think uh, Michelle would like it if we walked out as a DA or a, or a, uh, an auxiliary staff, if we walked out through the front reception area carrying some rubbish? Is that what Michelle, what would Michelle think of this? Um, so actually having it as a team, and understanding as a team means we all understand where it is that we uh, that we're going with the patient experience, and we understand that actually Michelle, at the end of treatment, Michelle would love a hot towel. So as with the chair comes up, there's a hot towel, a scented hot towel, ready for Michelle when she's uh, when she's just sat up. Mm, and and I think um, as a dentist, if you want to be treating more Michelles, doing the kind of treatment that Michelle wants and needs. Michelle knows other Michelles. Absolutely. It's 2021. We're used to cloud-based software enhancing every aspect of our lives. 
But what about something we use every day, our dental practice management software? Imagine something rethought from the ground up, designed for intuitiveness, leveraging what's possible in today's technology. Something that optimizes our daily workflows and does what modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is this, intelligent, efficient, and intuitive, because it's 2021 and you can expect something more. Go to principal.dental to learn more. You also know what you want by experiencing what it is you don't want to do because you might not just might not enjoy it. I, I don't think I've ever done a denture after uni and it's not because I don't like dentures. I, I'm practising in North Sydney, which is a CBD area. There aren't a lot of senior patients there. There's just not a lot of dentures there and I've lost my skill around it. But, you know, for you doing less and less paediatric dentistry was a deliberate choice to allow more time and energy and focus to dedicate to the kind of dentistry you want to do, not because you can't do it or because you don't like it a lot, but you just like the other the other stuff more. Is that right? No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, you know, I, I you know, there are other clinicians in my um, in my clinic who who can do that and who enjoy doing that and really that's that's important really in terms of you know for a young dentist work it out what it is that you like doing and enjoy doing and I wouldn't say don't focus on the other areas but you know really deep dive into those areas that you really enjoy and you know you will get better at them the more you get better at them the more you will start seeing those sorts of cases so yeah, find an area of dentistry, and it may take you years to do so. I mean, that's the other thing. Don't be, you know, I think don't be upset that, you know, five, even 10 years after graduating, you're still trying to work out exactly what it is. You'll know some things that you enjoy. But I mean, it took me probably 10 years to work out sort of the direction and probably took me more than that to actually start implementing it. Um, so it's not something I think, you know, in, I'm, I'm, I feel lucky that I didn't graduate in the days of Facebook and, um, and Instagram and start seeing these, you know, amazing airbrushed cases, you know, coming up and so, you know, two years out, you know, doing full mouth reconstructions and look at this amazing job that I've just done. That actually doesn't happen. And, you know, I didn't have that pressure. You know, I was drilling and filling and, you know, cutting my teeth, so to speak, um, excuse the pun, you know, on NHS dentistry and just doing huge amounts of dentistry. So I didn't have that pressure. But don't feel bad that you're not doing, you know, 12 veneers on a Brazilian, um, you know, two years out or you're doing full mouth reconstructions or, all, you know, all on fours. That takes time for these skill sets to develop. Yes, and and the same person who's doing cutting all those veneer preps is not doing the surgery on all on four. I, I totally agree on the deep dive approach. Find what you like and and really learn it as 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 well as you can. Go. Um, we don't want just breadth. We want depth in in all of this. So. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more because then naturally over time that kind of um, yeah. patient will be attracted to you. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Now you've got an amazing practice and hopefully you're doing the kind of dentistry that you wanted and that was by um, by design, by choice. Well, hopefully. I keep hoping they keep walking through the door. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. 
So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.